So at the end of June this year, I found myself sitting on the steps of St. Peter's, Peter's Square in the Vatican City in Rome, um, having a deep theological conversation for about an hour in the glorious Roman sunshine um, with three ladies from around the world called Candice, Maria, and Onika. Um, and we had an absolutely incredible conversation. And I was in Rome um, on a 48-hour mission trip um, called Escape and Pray with Sammy, Matt, and Jesse, who are all here somewhere. Um, <laughs> and we, we went to Rome. Um, we didn't know where we were going until we got to the Manchester airport at 5 a.m. on the morning of our flight. We went with very little money, no accommodation, no food, and basically no plan, um, apart from to bless the city. Um, but we had an incredible trip. Um, we met all sorts of people, had all sorts of conversations, um, and saw God moving in some incredible ways. But what struck us all um, was the importance of unity in the church. And that's what this conversation ended with these women on the steps of St. Peter's. How important it is that the church is united. Because Candice, on the left, she was a, from Nigeria. She was a Catholic. Maria was, uh, went to a Hillsong church, and Onika was, didn't call herself a Christian. But we, we had some di disagreements over certain theological points, but we ended up agreeing how great it is that although we disagree, and although we're not all, and there are things that we're not, we don't agree on, those things are totally overridden by the central fact that we do agree on. The world-changing event of Jesus' death and resurrection, which brought us in unity with God, and which should bring us into unity with each other. And this idea of unity isn't something we just dreamt up in Rome. It's quite a biblical idea, actually. Um, so, John... <laughs> If we turn to John 17, <laughs> um, John 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples, um, and we get to verse 20 and 21, and it's really amazing because this is the only time in the Bible that we see Jesus praying directly for you and for me. He prays for his future disciples, um, and what does he pray for? He prays for unity amongst us. So he says, as it says here, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray all them being the disciples. Um, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So what Jesus is saying there is that the unity between us Christians and the whole church should mirror the unity between God and Jesus, the Father-Son unity. Uh, Colossians verse, chapter 2 verse 9 says that for in Christ the fullness of God lives in bodily form. So God and Jesus are totally intertwined. They are one and the same. And that's the call that Jesus gives us as Christians to be united together. That level of total uh, unity is what we've, we've been, we're called to. And if you look at the church and look at the big public disagreements um, and arguments that seem to be going on, it would seem that we're not very good at being united as a church. Uh, but that is what Jesus calls us to do. And of course, it's a hard message. That is a very challenging message. Um, but to be united, we don't need to agree on everything. What we need to do is do what we did in Rome. We need to put aside our differences, because we have differences. Of course, there are different interpretations. But we do agree on, as a church, the one world-changing event of Jesus' resurrection. And that is what should be uniting us, not the little things which are dividing us. But the question is, why? Why should we be doing this? And verse 21 tells us why we should be doing this. Verse 21 says that, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So what Jesus is saying is that when we are united, firstly with God, may they be in us, 
once we're united with God and united with other Christians, then the world will believe that Jesus is God's son. And if we believe that, if you believe that that's the the most life-changing and incredible thing to know in your life, then we should be doing everything in our power to spread that message. And our mission will be its most effective when we are united. That's what this verse says right here. And so if we want to spread the message of God's love, we've got to start by being united. So what does that look like today? Maybe it's a change in attitude. Uh, Maybe it's an increased willingness to work with other Christians or people who you have different opinions to. Maybe there's a specific person in your life who you've had a disagreement with on a theological, a church issue, and you need to swallow your pride and apologize to them. I would encourage you today to do it. Just, Just do it. Because if we really believe and we really want to spread God's love and God, the good news of the Bible most effectively, then we need to be united. So we're going to start today um, and do just that. We've got two maps, um, one at the back and one just here. This one's of York and that one's of the North. Um, and if you all get up, <laughs> the North, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, if you, we're going to go and pray over these maps. Um, and if you come to the York one up on the screen, we're going to have, there's a few uh, names of other churches around York. And it'd be really great if we could just spend a couple of minutes around the maps praying for other churches around this country, and specifically for the York ones there. That's just a few. If you know any more, pray for all churches. Any church uh, that you know in York is worth being prayed for, so we can be united. So if you want to get up and go to either the North or York... Um, <laughs> And spend, just a, spend a few minutes just praying, just in prayer, together around the maps. <laughs>